We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Roots podcast. This episode 63 of the pod joined now by Matt Rooney. We will have a special guest from overseas, quarterback of the Garage Giants, Rob Gallick. So you'll want to stick around for that one. But for now, I'm stuck with this one. Matt sorry. Rooney, how we doing, pal? I'm sorry you're stuck with me. There's, yeah, there's worse know, people, but there's definitely exactly. better. There's if, better. If, I needed, if, if I needed a cellmate, you'd be on the short list, kid, all right? Oh, hey, that's kind of nice. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, going on? It, it's nice to be talking on a Thursday. I, I apologize. The work schedule got a little hectic here and uh, ha- had a day shift I had to take care of on Tuesday, unfortunately. Or maybe it was just I was so shocked by the Boogie Cousins news I had to make up that day, day shift because I couldn't really talk sports yet. I'm not, it's up to you. You can choose your own path. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really see where the shock is coming from in this situation with Boogie Cousins. We're going to talk uh, – a bunch of free agency, where people landed, what it's going to mean for the future of the NBA. We'll talk a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, NHL free agency here, and then we got a bunch of mailbag coming your guys uh, coming your way at the end of the Some pod. Seasonal but like said, mailbags to start things off here uh, with the Boogie Cousins acquisition for Golden State. Does it make them better? We will see, and I really think that it does in the long term. Well, yes. he might not he might not play until after the All Star break. You're talking about an aging big coming off of a full rupture of Achilles tendon. And players do come back from this, but the success rate of bigs coming back from this, guys 6'6 six, six and taller coming back from this, is not very good. So you're going to have him on the trainer's table for the majority of the season, I think is going to be the case. Now, does he add to your roster coming down the stretch and in the playoffs? Absolutely, because the Golden State Warriors have shown that they're a team that can adopt a player who's ball dominant and work him into the fold mm-hmm. when you already have two other players who are ball dominant on the court. Boogie's going to be an option. Absolutely. He's going to make them better, but there are a lot of question marks surrounding him still. I think that right now in our current climate of NBA and NBA free agency, anytime you hear a big name go anywhere where there's another big name, it's going to spark some mm-hmm. outrage regardless of the reality of the situation, which is you got a seven footer, who's still coming back off an Achilles injury, who took cheap money because no one across the league wanted him. I don't think that this really, I don't think that the backlash and the ire is equivalent to what happened. I think that people are overreacting a little bit, I guess. I, 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 I kind of disagree, with, at least in that regard. I don't think it's much of an overreaction because he, while well, he's not going to be the 25-12 and 12 guy with the Warriors, I think that's – I'd be shocked if he was. I think everybody would mm-hmm. shock he would be. He's not going to be, like you said, the same kind of player, at least right away. He was coming off that Achilles injury, but he's also in a spot where he really doesn't have to be. It's perfect uh, he, He's basically what the, the fourth option on offense there. I'm sorry, Draymond. I know you, you kind of can hit a three sometimes, but Boogie's kind of become. But, but the fact that a guy like him, a guy who's averaged 25 and 12 in his career, who's older, but he's, it's not like he's, you know, 34 and coming off an Achilles. I think he's, what, 29? So it's not mm-hmm. like he's, you know, at the end of the ropes of his career and kind of did this. He's still a, a middle of the middle age kind of NBA player. It's and more his it, size that worries. That, that's it's fair, but it's also a little bit, I guess, his work ethic throughout you know his career has yeah. been questioned. But he's also coming into a role where, you know, he, he doesn't me. have. I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> I was I tried muffling a sneeze there, but you know, I think I, I think I was making such a good point. You just got very excited. <laughs> Uh, he, like I said, he's coming into a role where he doesn't have to do a lot. He's just mm-hmm. kind of has to be a role player, and I also think. The fact that I don't buy the whole he didn't get any offers. I don't think that's true. I think he just didn't have any you know offers that he thought he was going to get, so he just said, I didn't have any offers. Well, the report um, was that the offer out of New Orleans came down almost, not immediately, but right after his surgery. He had his surgery. They offered, uh, New Orleans offered him two years, $40 million. They were going to give him $20 million per and he felt that that was disrespectful. They okay, were trying well, to catch just, him. If, they were trying to catch him in a bad situation. They his representation uh, doubled back with, with the with the Pelicans front office a f- this this past week during free agency, and that offer wasn't even on the table. Well, you know, so the, the, the Pelicans had written him off. The Pelicans kind of tried to do him a favor, and not really a favor, but I, I think that's a deal that would have been beneficial for both sides. Being 
like we said, Boogie's age, he would have had to play a bigger role with the Pelicans, not going to play until halfway through the first year of that contract, offering him $20 million a year. How will you say no to that? I don't really know. But I think going back to my original point here is he's got a little bit more motivation now, too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he's the guy who clearly, if he turned down two years, $40 million, wants to make massive money. He wants the max. He and the max. in order he to do that, max in order that. to do that, he's going to have to come back very healthy, look very good, and basically be a key part of that Warriors team. And I, I think that motivation, that drive to get himself paid is going to be why he is going to look more like, well, he's not going to put up the numbers and produce because he's not, you know, one of two players on that team. I, I think you're going to see flashes of very good boogie rather than, you know, adjusting boogie. It'll be interesting to see how he reacts to being on a winner too. He's never yeah. really he's New never Orleans the last year. New Orleans last Jeez, year. Jeez, what are you not, doing over there? Uh, that was an iron. That was an iron that fell there. Do you iron um, your own clothes? I do iron my own clothes. I'm not above that, man. I, I don't know how. That. Okay, well, we'll we'll get you. We'll get you on on par here in a little bit. Thanks. But, Sorry, uh, I apologize. Just didn't mean to interrupt. There. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, I was just saying it'll be interesting to see what what he does with a winner because. Boogie Cousins has always been a king, and there's never really – the stories have been – he's been the biggest story in town, Yeah, for, for better or for worse. Even with the Pelicans, with Anthony – Anthony Davis was the best player, but Boogie was always kind of the exactly. focal point. Davis this flew under totally, the radar. This is totally a lay low, win your championship, and try and earn your max contract type deal. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right, and I think it's going to end up working out for both sides in that regard. What is going on? <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm I'm thrown off here now. Uh, Stay in the pocket, I, man. I, I, it's it's tough. It's it, well, I guess what's what's what I've felt throughout this free agency. Now it's kind of what everybody's thinking. It's like it's. I felt like the NBA kind of took some positive steps last year toward parity because we actually did have those two series, and at least both conference finals were entertaining. You know, Indiana took Cleveland to to seven games in the first round. Golden State, you know, was down three two against Houston. And I, I think in one year with just kind of two signings, we've kind of lost that again. And now it's like maybe one series of this entire season matters. See, I completely disagree with that. I completely okay, disagree with ahead. that. And I think that that's just kind of – that's the easy reaction that everyone is deferring to because we already know the champion, okay? It, we do. Before Boogie, before Boogie Cousins. We already knew the champion. But Golden before States Boogie Cousins, see, I disagree there because before Boogie, I didn't mean to interrupt you, I'll let you finish, but before Boogie Cousins, you know, like we saw last year, Golden State, while they were the favorites and were likely going to win, they were one injury away from not winning. If Chris Paul doesn't get hurt and Iguodala stays hel- or is still hurt, I think Houston wins that series. Okay. Or at least, they, sides, at least they almost. Sides, but, there's two but, sides to that coin as well. They're one injury away from not losing a game in the playoffs. Okay. That's they, were not, they were not a fully healthy Golden State team last year. Mm-hmm. We did not see Golden State's best last year. If you're trying to tell me that Steph Curry was 100% through that playoff run, you're completely wrong. He's coming off a knee and an ankle in the mm-hmm. last two, two and a half weeks of the season. That was not the strongest Golden State team you're going to see. If you're going to see them healthy without Boogie Cousins, they're still going to win the championship. Very Houston likely. has no chance with them fully healthy. And don't give me the Chris Paul riot act because Chris, this is who Chris Paul is. You play him 38 <laughs> minutes and a hamstring's going to go. That's Chris true. Paul cannot play 38 minutes a night. So you can play the what ifs and all that. And I know I sound like a Golden State stand and having just moved to Northern California, no, I, this, isn't, this isn't necessarily the best look. But Nothing changed with the addition of Boogie Cousins, is my point. They were the favorite. They're still going to be the favorite. And there is still, up into the championship point, a parity in the NBA. You have a very exciting Philadelphia 76ers team. You have a Boston Celtics team that's likely going to come out of the East. If they can stay healthy, that's going to be a really fun team to watch. LA's got their storylines now with LeBron and how they adopted all of LeBron's ex-foes. Houston, just laying in the weeds, a team that, like you said, took Golden State to seven. So there are still a lot of really good rosters out there. The Bulls are going to be trash, and (laughs) they're going to give us a headache. I don't know. Did you see see that picture of Lowry Markin? And he looks like he got pretty ripped in the offseason. He might be pretty Good for Lowry. (laughs) Lowry needs some help, okay? Lowry needs some help. And I I just don't understand everyone's – Free agency has done this to us because big names move on a regular basis now, and we're still not used to it as sports fans, it's, as NBA fans, because this is the only league that does it like this. It's you know? true. Odell has been on one team. 
Uh, Von Miller has been on one team. The big NFL names usually stick with their team and maybe move once, at most twice throughout their careers. Baseball, a little bit more fluid, but there's nothing like NBA where guys can so readily move from one team to another. And at this point of their careers, why not move to a champion? It's just the way it was set up. You know, blame the league. Don't blame Boogie Cousins. Don't blame LeBron James. Well, I'm, I'm not blaming either of those guys. I'm not saying, you know, oh, how dare you do that. Like, if, if I'm him, I, I don't think that's the wrong decision to make. I think he actually, Boogie made the right decision. And for himself, he's still going to make $5 million. Well, he, that, if that twenty, if that two-year $40 million deal was off the table by this point, yeah, why not go to a place where you can maximize probably your your, your ability to win a championship and probably your You're future You're going to play stock. 20 extra games next yeah. season. It, it's basically yeah. going to give you a chance to showcase yourself in likely the best possible light for a max contract next year. It's. I think you're right. I think that we talked about even last year during free agency, the, the shock of the big names getting moved around, I think, in, myself included, kind of get people caught up and like. But I just this this such a big star name signing for you know the veteran minimum or, or the whatever mm-hmm. it was. It was just such an absolute shocker. Uh, another big shocker to me, Joe, was it, not to transition too far here, but Paul George re-upping for the Max in Oklahoma City. I didn't understand that one. I didn't really see that coming. I thought he was going to end up in L.A. or be pairing up with somebody, and after that kind of flamed out last year. And that team now really just has no money. I didn't. I didn't understand that move. Yeah, they're three hundred million dollars into the luxury tax. They're going to be paying a record amount of tax. And they lost in the Thunder. first round of the playoffs last year. Yeah, they're bringing and they're, back and they're, the they're same they're probably, group. Like you're saying, they're probably right now the third, maybe fourth best team maybe, in the maybe? West. Gonna, it, it's going to be a good group. I think they're going to know how to play together. They probably waive Carmelo because he brings nothing but luxury tax and that's when garpax goes and gets their guy no that's when carmelo <laughs> goes and teams up with LeBron no i know becomes even more dysfunctional in LA. it was that's a joke I see take I know, it take a joke it's that, that this is the current climate and we get mad when a guy stays with a team we get mad when a guy leaves a team oh it, i'm not mad like that, that, he went and he got paid and he got four years it was just i'm surprised yeah. i thought like he, he Especially on you know kind of that four year commitment, I, I I did not see that one coming. I thought for sure he was linking up with LeBron somewhere. And uh, I think and I think just, that's really what happened. I think everyone was waiting on the LeBron chip to fall, and LeBron was waiting to see if LA could land him Kawhi first. So he kind of made Paul George play second fiddle to Kawhi, and all of these conversations that were probably being had in back rooms. And can we get this guy? Can we get that guy? What are you going to do for me, Magic Johnson? And Paul George, frankly, probably got sick of it and said, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm going to stay with the Thunder. They're offering me as much as any team can offer me. I probably have just as good a chance of winning the Western Conference with this team as I do with the Lakers. And let's go out there and do it. You know, because the Lakers are not a good basketball team right now. The Lakers are, you know what the Lakers are? The Lakers are the Cleveland Cavaliers last year. They're Except not much better. A little that. better. We I think they have a little what, bit more more talent in, in Ingram Ball and Kuzma. going to be in year two. One of those, uh, one of the Kuzma Ingram young guns is probably going to be gone. If you actually want to go get him Kawhi or another piece, so what are they? They're they're a dysfunctional group of guys who probably aren't going to get along. Yeah, and are just going to have to. But they're in Laker goal. The feelings of LeBron James. Now, you brought up and Kawhi there. Go ahead, I don't know finish. how well I was just going to say. I don't know how well Rondo and Lance Stevenson defer. So that's fair. I actually, if people were criticizing the Rondo signing. I actually kind of love it. Um, I know he's not necessarily going to be want to be a guy who's going to just sit on the sidelines and not start. But at the same time, I think if he's playing that six man role and playing a bunch of minutes a night, I think he's shown that when he actually wants to be, uh, come playoff time, especially we've seen it each of the last two years. He's still a very dynamic player. Uh, he can still do a lot of things for it, pretty much except shoot, which except is the, shoot the which basketball. is which is the one oddity that LeBron shown in, LeBron shown in the past. Kind of the one thing he really needs around, or the one thing he kind of needs some help with is someone to dish it out to when he you know when he drives and, and draws double teams, whatever that he can kick it out to and hit that three. The Lakers. That's kind of the one thing they haven't gone and got, which is yeah. Yeah, there's still some offseason left. And I, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea who's still out there. Um, but th- that seems like something they're going to need to address for him at some point. Otherwise, like you said, it is just it's a little bit like the Cavs and that he doesn't have the group around him unless they figure out a way to go bring in Jr. again. 
The only oh, I don't see that happening. But the only I don't either. That, but would you put him past LeBron? Not really. Nothing would surprise me anymore. No. But the only thing that surprised me about the Rondo signing, or the only thing that made sense to me about the Rondo signing, is that you have a second-year point guard in Lonzo Ball who's undergoing a knee, uh, not surgery, but a knee. Uh, what's the word I'm scope? looking for here? Procedure. Scoped? Yes, okay. he's being scoped. Um, meniscus minor tear. So. Of course, doubtful that, that, that leaked right that around. Ball is going to be healthy for eighty-two. That leaked right around the time no he is. was maybe going to be shot. Of course, yeah. so, so he can't get moved now. Things uh, things worked out nicely there, but uh, I want to put it's you. It's going to be another interesting NBA season with probably a very similar end as we've seen fair. in the past. I want to put you in the GM chair, chair here for a second, Joe. To okay. Take out of the be out of the reporter chair okay. for a second. You, you're running the San Antonio Spurs, where that's whoever their GM is or Greg Popovich. You know, pick your mm-hmm. poison there. How are you handling Kawhi Leonard? Are you trying to get him out of here right now? Are you trying to hang on to him and convince him? What What is your, your strategy here with Kawhi? How are you going I'm, about this process? I'm trying to get him out of town because he doesn't want to be here and he's only going to stunt our growth. We're going to... I'm, I'm staring a rebuild down, okay? And it didn't look like they were going to have to do that after the Duncan years because of Kawhi. Mm-hmm. But now you have a guy who doesn't want to be there, who's not going to make you any better, who's probably going to make up a couple injuries so he can sit on the bench. It doesn't seem like we're going to come to terms with his camp, nor are we even close on our side. So I want to get him out of town. But at the same time, I – and not to sound terrible, but I own the rights to this individual until further notice. Yeah. The package, The package needs to be right, or we'll have you sit on the bench, Kawhi. A rebuild takes more than one year, you know? Mm-hmm. You can we can have you here. We can stunt your growth too, just like you want to stunt ours. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to play here, if you don't want to be here, we need another team to come to us with the right package, or you're gonna sit on the bench or play unhappy. Because like you said, it's the NBA. There are three teams actually vying for a championship, and we're no longer one of them with or without you. I think that's the right way to go about it. I'm hanging on to him, and I think the gamble that I'm making is, A, that I can get him to at least play throughout the year, throughout you know beginning, first half of the season, something along the lines of that. And I, I'm basically rolling the dice that one of the teams out east, east whether that's Philly or Boston, or at least both have, you know, having really good seasons, they feel like they're each kind of one piece away from taking mm-hmm. that next step. And that while I, I don't think you're getting fair value for him right now because everybody knows that, I'm not trading for one year, Kawhi. I'm just getting, you know, he's he's walking and going to L.A. I, my, my role, my my strategy in San Antonio is I'm going to hope he, I'm going to try and get him to play for half a year. Maybe I can convince him that he actually likes it here. That's slim, but it, it's possible. And if he doesn't, I'm going to try and create a bidding war between two teams out east that maybe think, hey, we have a chance at a title if we go get Kawhi. Who knows what happens with injuries? And B, maybe if we do go win a title, we can convince him to sign long term because I think those offers you get then will be every bit as good if you create, you know, especially between those two teams. Boston and Philly are going to com- be competing for just about everything for the next probably 10 years or so. And I, I think you can get those two teams kind of going after each other. And if you can get one of them to sell a little bit high, you at least have that package to start. And I think it's as good, if not better, than anything you're going to get now. Yeah, and if you add him to either one of those squads, Boston or Philly, those two teams become serious contenders. I don't Absolutely. Care who's, if, I don't if one care of those teams gets Kawhi, the West, you never know play. what can happen in a finals. He's he's the best defender we've seen in the last five, ten years of NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. And you add that to any team that's already ready to win a conference title, and you become an actual contender to take on this Warriors team. Yeah. I mean, if you put Kawhi on that Boston team and, and you say, you know, Jason Tatum takes another step forward, which is, it's probably shocked if it doesn't happen. You know, Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown both take steps forward. Kyrie Irving's healthy. That's a really, really good basketball team that can absolutely, you know, make it a series. They're probably not going to beat the Warriors, but they're a team that might be able to win a couple games. And like we said, with injuries, who knows what can happen. So I think that's their best kind of course of action here is to try and create a bidding war between those two teams out east. And in the process, maybe see if you can't convince them to want to stay. Yeah, so it should be that's that's kind of the one last the final big name that we're, that we're waiting on right now. Uh, Devin Booker goes long term in uh, Phoenix. Good in, for him. Uh, it, th- those good good for him out there. Uh, Always like Devin gonna, Booker. The DeAndre Ayton Booker one two should be fun to watch. Uh, 
a little update here in in the land of the kings. Uh, got our first look at uh, Marvin Bagley the uh, third throwing down over Mo here. Wagner. Yeah, I I don't Just even flexing know. Flexing all over Michigan. I love it. I don't know if the fake uh, the fake Euroleague fans out here could even remember Luka Doncic's name anymore. They're so hyped love off it. of what Bagley did in his first game. Regressed in the second game, but I was looking at it. It was his first back-to-back since the ACC tournament. He was out there playing with heavy arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think you put much into it. Really interesting to see what he does tonight in day three. Yesterday they were off for this California Classic for uh, for the 4th of July, and uh, they're back at it for the final one tonight, and then they head out to Vegas. So this is a nice little, uh, nice little incubator for your first and second-year guys to feel what it's like to have the travel, to play a back-to-back, to really – uh, you know, test your test the endurance bef- three months out, four months out out of the season. The the NBA though, I think we talked about this last year. I want to say because I, I, I remember I think Lonzo was having whatever great summer league, and that's what kind of get people talking. the The NBA has done a fantastic job marketing their summer league over the last two years to almost make it like their NFL preseason type deal. It, it, it gets people tuning in and talking about the NBA in, in that lull between free agency. And when you know camp and all that starts heating up, and I, it's 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 a great idea. They have TV deals, they have people tuning in, and it's it's a way to start marketing your young drafted stars well, and, bef- and without having that you know two three month lull. It's basically constant from really, draft to season. Hey, look at these guys, look at our young stars, without having people forget about them for two months. That's really the biggest thing too. Is that not? It's not our first look at these young stars. They've already been marketing these young stars dare I say, during their collegiate oh, yeah. career. But it's their chance but to continue it. Without we know who they role. are and we want to see them and this is our first look at them. So yeah. they've, they've done a great job, as they have with, with many things in the past, in putting their players first. And that's where the NBA has set themselves apart from all the other leagues because you can talk about revenue, you can talk about viewership and how NFL still king, but – the the NBA is a global sport now, mm-hmm. and the fandom abroad right now and the revenue that they're bringing in abroad is unmatched by any league other than soccer. And soccer, they still got to dig their roots here. They're still fighting that battle. So I, I don't know in, in 10 years from now if we're talking about actual viewership numbers being in, in the football-type range, but the NBA is uh, is trending upward despite their problem with competition that, that, that we're – that we've been a part of for the last five years and will be for the better part of the next decade. Now, I, I want to transition one last topic here on basketball. I, I want to come back to the home front here with, with, with our Bulls. Okay. Um, obviously, the rumor was the Kings were going to offer sheet Zach Levine. I'm not sure that's ever actually been made official or signed, but that's only kind of what I'm talking about here. I, I, you probably saw it, the, the rumor that Jimmy Butler is not signing an extension in Minnesota. And the young guns. That, that he doesn't Jim, like the young guns and mini. That Jimmy wants to pair up with Kyrie somewhere. Mm-hmm. Joe, I, I know, I know of a team that has you know a couple nice young pieces, a really nice fan base, and, and two max slots open in 2019. You're saying to bring Jimmy back? Tell here. me why they shouldn't be going. Why they shouldn't be pulling out all the stops to be that team where those two pair up? I don't see why not. And I thought you were going to yell would, at me and call me crazy. No, I, I mean, thank you. The Bulls have been bad, and the way to get good isn't through player development in the NBA anymore. No, you it's have to you have to develop one or two, and then you have to go you know buy two. And that's what they're doing right yeah. now with Laurie. You, you develop Laurie, you bring in those two guys. I think you're you're still a player or two away from being the favorite in the East. Obviously, no, but that makes them a uh, team you know, that Boston, can compete with Boston and Philly. And Boston gets a lot weaker if Kyrie's yeah. here. You know that's that's a big issue for them. So because Kyrie uh, said he's not, he, Kyrie's pretty much said he's not signing that extension until you know he's eligible. He doesn't want to sign it now because it saves him money in the future. And I, I yeah, and the salary cap's only going to rise. The supermax slot's going to get even higher. Mm-hmm. So these guys are going to be set to make their money. That's what surprised me. Not to double back here too much, but that's what surprised me about Paul George's long term decision is. He was in line for a lot more money in the next couple of years, and uh, could have just taken that one year and kind of kept putting it off. But at the same yeah, time, he's, he's also a guy who had a horrific ankle injury throughout the years, mm-hmm. and maybe just saw, you know, I'm healthy right now. That's 137 million dollars. Let's go for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt, before we wrap up basketball here, I got to get your thoughts. We've kind of skirted around the topic a little bit, but. Uh, the biggest free agency signing was obviously LeBron James to the Los Angeles Lakers. And we've talked about some of the implications around him in that team, but 
on the surface, just from a consumer standpoint, are you excited to have LeBron in uh, in the purple and gold? I uh, I mean, I, I would have hoped he stayed out east simply to, to keep that LeBron versus the West in the finals kind of narrative going because I think it makes mm-hmm. the finals a little bit more interesting. Um, yeah. I honestly think either team, whether it was Philly or Cleveland, wherever he stayed or went in the east, would have been still a viable contender because he was on it. Yeah. Um, but the the league is is better when the Lakers are good, when the Lakers are in the spotlight, and this this move does that for him. Uh, I, I'm not sure it's totally great for his legacy because he's just kind of gone. Where with, with with the exception of MJ, the the other guy, he's always been mentioned. He's better than Kobe, but people always you know that's kind of always going to be Kobe's team over there. And kind of yeah. no matter what he does with the Lakers, I don't think he's ever going to surpass Kobe's legacy with the Lakers. I said so, every night he's got to lace him up yeah, under under two both banners. of Kobe's. Both of Kobe's uh, retired jerseys and now that, five of his titles. Now that LeBron's so. there, I think you're going to be seeing Kobe sitting courtside at Staples a little bit more often, too, just so people don't... Put a little uh, heat on him. Just so people don't forget, you know... I think who, it's going to be a really Kobe. weird... I think it's going to be a really weird dynamic from true Lakers fans. Because true Lakers fans aren't fans of LeBron James. I, they've, I, had to, they've had to argue ahead. the Kobe versus LeBron conversation for the last decade, and... That's made LeBron their adversary a little bit. Now he's trying to bring your team back to glory. A lot of them will be able to come to terms with that in a very flaky manner, in a very quick manner. But there are a lot of diehard Laker fans who aren't in love with this. I, I'm sure of it. No, I, you're 100% right. One of my, my closer friends at work, he is a he's a diehard Laker fan. And he's been saying since, you know, midseason when this rumor started sparking up, like, I don't want LeBron. I don't want LeBron. I kind of call him crazy, like, what, you don't want the best player in the world right now on your team and all that stuff? And they signed him as like, you changed your mind about LeBron yet? Still not done. They, 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 some Lakers fans just didn't want LeBron. He thinks he's going to screw with their young core, and they had something nice building, and they, a lot of them don't think it, their their championship window is even open yet, even with LeBron in there now. So I, I, I get it. I, I think for him, he, he wanted to – I know Akron, Ohio, Northeast Ohio is his home, but L.A. is his new home now. Um, it has yeah. been for a while. He wanted to go home. I think he wanted to do what he thought was best for his family. And there's not – L.A.'s a pretty nice place to live. Yeah, but I think this it, was like cool. said, It'll be cool. It'll be a little surreal more. to see LeBron in the Laker gold. I'm not going to hate it. It'll be fun to watch. It'll make me stay up and watch those late-night West Coast games a little bit more often. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure for his legacy, for his chances in the title, it was the best move. Yeah, we've we've always knocked LeBron for taking the path of least resistance, and I don't think this is the path of least, least resistance. No, I think that people wanted likely, to say it was, but I don't think it is. No, that would have likely been Houston or Philly. Or Philly um, you know, already a built-in structure there that he just becomes a part of. And uh, this was, as you said, a decision that was largely rooted in, in lifestyle, largely rooted in family, largely rooted in future. So um, can he bring L.A. back to that uh, back to that height? We will see. But um, I think that LeBron James has won his final title, and I think that he might appear in a couple more finals. But um, I don't think this is going to be the – uh, storybook Hollywood ending, uh, nice. complete pun intended. Nice. I, I'm not going to go as far as say he's won his final title, but I think he might have won his final title as the guy. If that may, I think there might be a chance he, they can who's, get. Who's a, who else? You know of any 16 year olds who are the next LeBron James? No, LeBron James will be the guy until the end of his career. No, but okay. Well, he, he'll be the guy in you know. Our, in our eyes, in the media's eyes, but he might not be the best player on a title team anymore. I think maybe at the end of that LA career, he's still going to be a master recruiter and might be able to get some people over there to the point where he's you know part of a big three. But when you're 38 years old, 37 years old, I think even he'd be more than willing to say, I'm not the guy right now. Yeah, it, uh, it'll be interesting. And we're going to... Uh, my first thought was, if this signing means... The Space Jam reboot is greenlit. I'm just this, that's that's the biggest negative out of this for me. Yeah, I don't want I don't want that. Maybe Space no. Jam two with Michael, but not no, with LeBron. Don't 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 ruin a classic. Don't, don't come at the goat classic. like that, <laughs> Matt. Let's uh, let's transition big time here and talk about some names that uh, maybe people don't know as well. Uh, give us a give us a snapshot on our Blackhawks now. From a week ago, two weeks ago, have they gotten better? Have they gotten worse? Have they put themselves in a worse cap situation? And uh, are they any closer to returning to the playoffs? You know, I, it, it's, it's unfortunate, but it all just, like two weeks ago, it just kind of stems on how healthy Corey Crawford is, uh, which is yeah. fair, very disappointing. 
Um, I don't know how it, it never gets really released, you know, how close they were on certain free agents or how close they've been to certain trades, all that. But mm-hmm. they've kind of just done nothing. Um, they went on Cam Ward's a nice pickup. Well, I think I was we, we called you, that one a while ago. That's it's it's a nice uh, yeah. secure backup goalie. And and you need that. But I was going to ask you, does the Cam Ward pickup worry you at all that they don't have the faith in Corey Crawford? Because Cam Ward has been a one before, you know? It, it does not because Cam Ward, even last year, uh, he was a guy who split time with Scott Darling in Carolina. And while Cam Ward mm-hmm. is that big name because, you know, so many years ago he was that great goalie in the Stanley Cup Finals, won a con smite, all that stuff. Cam Ward is not that Cam Ward anymore. But mm-hmm. after what we saw from what they put in that last year when Crawford went down, there was no way you couldn't you you didn't go out and get someone that you had a little bit more faith in that you knew could you know take over the yeah. reins for 10 15 games because the, why know, am i blanking right now go did, ahead cory won a con smite correct cory did not win a con smite he probably he probably should have in should've 2013 been, um, yeah. but he, he did not say, that one went to kane and then in I 20 wonder how many times a team has had two Smythe award winners uh, on the same roster. You know, but. Corey should probably should have. Uh, he's again the, the most underappreciated goalie, maybe player in the NHL, um, especially yeah. after what he did last year. You, you saw how important he was to that team in 2015. If Duncan Keith didn't have arguably one of the top playoffs ever for a defenseman, Corey Crawford probably wins that Smythe as well. So it's not it's not his fault he hasn't won any yet. He just kind of had to go up against some legendary performances. Yeah, I uh, after that uh, 2015 championship. So was standing behind him in line for the bathroom at Paris Club one night, and he seemed to have, seemed to be just fine with his place on the Blackhawks. Yeah, I think he's I've okay. never seen a bigger <laughs> smile. Yeah, uh, um, but it's it, honestly, I'm, I'm a little bit worried because they've kind of just done nothing. They they went out. They, the backup goalie again is nice, but that's a backup goalie. Um, mm-hmm. They they went out and signed uh, Chris Kunitz, who while that's a name, that's someone people might recognize from having won you know those Stanley Cups with the Penguins, been a part of that group. He's a 39 year old left winger who's should be no more than a fourth liner. But knowing how Joel Quenville moves around his lines and loves veterans who I guess can't skate anymore but he can trust, uh, he'll probably be starting on Kane's left wing opening night, and that's going to terrify me. Brandon Manning, the, the, the defenseman they brought in from Philly, he, he's, he's a defenseman that I guess gives them a little bit more you know, snarl, toughness, he'll stay at home. But again, he's a, he's a five, six, seven type defenseman that they already have like seven or eight of. So they didn't go out and improve where they needed to improve. And there's yep. time to do that, I guess. Uh, but again, like I said, uh, I think to you that, that their biggest assets were the first, were the eighth pick in the draft and the twenty seventh pick in the draft, and they use those on two guys who aren't going to be able to help them in a couple of years. I just, I don't see the direction for this team. I hope this means there's something really big in the works. I know this means that they've kind of kept them out of cap hell. They're, they're, they're very in the future. They're, they're good on cap space to be able to sign Nick Schmaltz long term, be able to sign Alex to bring it long term. But again. Patrick Kane's 29. Jonathan Taves is 30. These guys aren't going to be, you know, legendary players forever. They're, they're, they're not going to be that. You need to go out and maximize these years while they still can. And they either swung and miss, missed or just didn't go out and try to get the pieces they, they, uh, they wanted to go get. Yeah. It, uh, usually, it I'm the, of- usually I'm the optimistic Blackhawks fan. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I have been on this podcast, and right now, but I, as it, it, but this as is, time as time rolls on and nothing changes, that optimism yeah. rightfully wears away, and that kind of led me to my next question for you. Here is is Joel Quenville's seat heating up a little bit? I think it, they they came out and pretty goes, much said who goes first. The way they've made these moves, I think it's Joel. Um, the the way they've attacked this offseason, what with what they said, you know, what Rocky said, what, what they kind of all uh, all. Three of them pretty much said that, you know, they're safe going into the year, but if they start out slow, things could change. The way mm-hmm. Stan Bowman has been has been operating, has been making moves, makes me believe that he he feels safe. And yeah. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's you know false, you know, false belief, whatever. I don't yeah. know. But but the way he's attacked this offseason, he drafted you know with the eighth pick instead of a guy who can help them maybe midway through the season or maybe have a hell of a, a preseason and, and play with them to start. He drafted a guy who's not going to be able to help for two or three years or, you know, be really good for probably three, four years, maybe help in a year or two. But he, he's he drafted for guys down the line. He, he signed some short term, you know, band-aids. And I, I, I think it would be Joel. I'm not sure. But the, the way they've attacked this offseason that those two have never really gotten along. I think it's going to be one of them. Um, and, and the way that this roster has been put together, the, the moves they've made, it seems like it would be Joel. But I don't know. 
it uh, it'll be an interesting watch, no doubt. Hopefully, Corey Crawford, as we said, can get back to full strength here because that uh, that makes you a contender uh, right off the jump. And uh, if he's Matt, if he's will, a full uh, strength, they'll at least compete for a playoff spot. All those young guys will take you hope take steps forward. Uh, mm-hmm. They do have some exciting prospects, but they still have some glaring holes that from last year that they just didn't address. Matt, before we get to our call here with uh, the big schnitzel, Rob Gallick. Uh, I want to get a couple quick thoughts from you on the MLB season. We reached the halfway point about a week ago, week and a half ago, and uh, the Cubbies seem to be trending in the right direction right now, uh, winning some ball games. John Lester out there hitting dingers. Uh, El Mago just looking like not only he should be starting in the All-Star game, but looking like an actual MVP contender in the National League right now with the things that he's doing on the base path, stealing home yesterday. Just fantastic efforts from Javi Baez, and I think people are actually starting to take notice across the league outside of Chicago. No, I I mean, definitely. I I think ever since that hot start he had to the beginning of this year, he's kind of started to gain some national attention, and now he's kind of doing it again after kind of that lull um, in the middle there. But he Mm -hmm. is... If you're a White Sox fan who says you don't like Javi Baez... Then you don't like like baseball. then, Then you either don't like baseball or you're lying. Yeah. I don't like the Chicago Cubs. I don't root for the Chicago Cubs, but Javi, Javi Baez is fun to watch play baseball. Like I, I'm not a huge fan of every time he does anything. Like It becomes a gif, and you know everybody goes nuts on it on Twitter, but I love watching this guy play baseball. He's exciting. He slides. Yeah, obviously, those slide-stealing second are, are things not everybody, barely anybody, can pull off. He is a threat to go deep every time he's at the plate. He's just fun. He has fun he playing made, baseball. He makes some. He makes some plays that show you just how engaged with the game he is. He is for as great as he is physically on the field. He's smart. He is so in tune to the game mentally. Uh, I believe it was Harold Reynolds on MLB Network broke down just a couple of the heady plays that he had made. And if you could find that clip, go look for it. It's it's a great breakdown, and it shows you just how Javi is just operating on a whole nother level out there. Some of the plays he's making, uh, some of the ways he's setting guys up as an infielder. I mean, mm-hmm. the way he's helping his pitcher pre-pitch, post-pitch, everything that he does out there, he's completely in tune. He's the anti-Starlin Castro, I think is the way that I think of him. It's like bizarro world Starlin Castro. Let's not take shots at Starlin. <laughs> I had to get a pot shot in there. Hey, I, oh, goodness. I'm with you. I, the, the Cubs are rolling right now. They won five in a row. I, I still, not to be the, the downer here, I still think they need to do something to, to shore up that pitching staff. Yeah. I don't know if you Darvish is going to throw a pitch the rest of the year. I, I really, for at least for the Cubs. He, you know, he made that rehab start, and then he felt pain, and then he went back to Texas to check out with Rangers, doctors. and all that. I don't know if he's going to pitch again this season. I don't know if Kyle Hendricks is going to be consistent again for the rest of your year. You, you know what John Lester's been, but he's also 34 years old. You're not sure over 162 if that's going to stick. Jose Quintana's been, you know, one good start, one bad start. You don't know what's going to happen come playoff time. And I also don't know what they have to give up to go sure up that pitching staff. But I think once the playoffs roll around, we've seen that, you know, offense tends to shrink and pitching and defense and bullpen is what shines. And while the Cubs' bullpen has been fantastic, I think to the surprise of everybody this year, that starting staff is what doomed them last year, and it, it hasn't been good, and I think they need to fix that. They need to sure that up. So so I guess you could say you never know. You know, I have uh, – <laughs> Joe, I, I, I build graphics for, for a Chicago sports station. I think yeah, I've made every you – I, I think I've made every you pun possible. I really do. <laughs> Well, we uh, we challenge you to come up with something fresh and new uh, for for what's probably going to be a couple uh, interesting a couple interesting you got a, uh, here, months. You got here. A, you got an alert going on over there, Joe? Are you catching that? Because that's I, from the other room right now. Uh, oh yeah, is that the the yeah. monthly uh, test? That's the monthly test. But the nice thing is, I can hit the OK button here. Or uh, no, it's gone. I was going to say you, you can go. bypass it out oh. here, which is something new for me. It's just California. Um, it's being it's just California. Yeah, stuff. you know, you guys will get it. You guys will get it. Maybe one day. Um, well, without further ado, Matt, I think we should bring in our special guest here, a previously recorded earlier today interview with, uh, with Rob Gallick, who was nice enough to make some time. He's got some, uh, some big game prep going on here, the Garage Giants taking on who again? The Vienna Vikings. The, the, Vienna, Vikings. the Vienna Vikings. So a, a former foe of, uh, of the Illinois Wesleyan Titans back on a couple of those trips. Um, so 
Rob going to be there representing not only the Garage Giants, but representing Illinois Wesleyan pretty well. And the Moose and Roots podcast. And the Moose and Roots podcast. Friend of the pod. We're we're working on getting a patch on one of those ridiculous NASCAR jerseys that they wear. I mean, there's already enough ads on and what's one more going to (laughs) do? Well, uh, here it is, Rob Gallick of the Garage Giants. Great moments are born from great opportunity. We're joined now by the big schnitzel himself, Rob Gallick. He's got the Garage Giants rolling right now. Rob, for coming on the podcast. I know we had John at the beginning of the season. Did you see this type of success coming down the pipe at that point? I don't even think you saw yourself in shoulder pads. At that <laughs> Uh, no, it was definitely, definitely not something that uh, I had really envisioned coming out here. I know we had a bunch of laughs about it with my uh, the first time I played with the development team, and uh, you never want to kind of expect uh, circumstances like this, having to come in with an injury. But so you get you get a second chance of playing football, and you got to make the most of it. Very nice. Uh, and that that injury circumstance. Now you guys were one deep at the quarterback position, is what I'm uh, is what I'm being led to believe here. Uh, well, we had it's the uh, using a, an import spot. Every team gets either uh, two or three import spots, depending on how okay. you finish the previous year in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, having the opportunity and you use that import spot as, as a quarterback, and every quarterback in the league is an American quarterback, so it's a uh, definitely a big advantage. Uh, okay, so I was going to say. So the G men, the G men imported American. They went smart there. They went, just, yeah, they went smart. smart there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most most teams. I mean, you take a look at your roster makeup, and and most teams will have a quarterback and either a, a linebacker or a safety, kind of a, a defensive quarterback there. And uh, we had the opportunity since. Uh, not too much. You know, got a lot of, there's, there's a lot of beef out here. Not too many American guards out there. Well, you know, yeah. uh, so enough about semantics here for me and details, Rob. You guys are in what would be would over here be the equivalent of the conference championship, pretty much round of the of the playoffs. You got one more win uh, until we're yeah. Austrian bowl down. Uh, yep. Yeah, Vikings we're in the semis. Is, is the opponent here correct? Some some Illinois Wesleyan former listeners might be familiar with them. Uh, what, what's the key to getting us there, Rob? How are we getting to the Austrian Bowl? Uh, you know, they're they're a tough team, and they, they've been able they've been battling through a couple of injuries. But uh, really, our whole game plan is really just staying within ourselves and staying patient with what we have to do. And uh, we had a real tough battle up there a couple of weeks ago. And uh, there's a little bit of a, a, specific, a special circumstance because we were kind of fighting for the two seed to get an opportunity if we would have beaten them by 14 points because of the tiebreaker that uh, we would have been able to jump into the two seed. So. Uh, it, was, it was a little different playing when you know you're six and fourteen at kickoff. So I'm having to uh, uh, kind of get over that hump and then just trying to win the game again. Um, yeah. But really, just we took a lot of positives out of that game, and uh, so this week is just uh, concentrating on ourselves and, and playing mistake free and, and absolutely no turnovers. That's really what we're concentrating on: is, is taking care of the football, keeping our defense off the field, but uh, have to have to score, have to finish drives. You know, I do got to credit here, Rob. Some things never change. You still seem to have mastered the cliche, the football cliche in the interview. The no answer answer is the still no answer. on point. If you get a chance, if you get a chance, usually Rob's post game Facebook interviews get shared on Facebook. He's a master of it there. One thing that did change, though, Rob, and I'm going to bring it up. You're probably going to be happy about it. Mm-hmm. You, your playoff record in the past wasn't all that good. Uh, <laughs> bring up the exact numbers. Um, but you know the the number of five turnovers per game has been floated around, not by me. People are floating it around. I'm ruthless, but, ruthless. but no, no, no. But he shook. He got the monkey off his back here last week in the playoffs. It was twenty three of twenty eight, three touchdowns, uh, not a single turnover. So how does it feel to now be a playoff player? You know, it feels good. It, surprisingly, that was something that was in the back of my mind since uh, a oh, good pal back home uh, wouldn't let me forget about it during the week. So which pal? Uh, we don't we don't need to go into names. Yeah, I don't need to. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. People are talking about it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that uh, never seems to leave you. Um, but yeah, I had envisioned this conversation coming up on, on the air. I know we had talked about possibly going off the record, but you guys are a good podcast. <laughs> I feel like we we can open back up after last week. But uh, yeah, you know things things happen sometimes. You throw some takes and, and balls slip out, but. Uh, it's uh, it's been fun. <laughs> still, still the official podcast of the Garage Giants. Rob, a little bit off the field here. You've been there. You've been taking in the culture. You've offered your uh, South Side panache to the culture there. What is one thing that you will bring back with you that you've adopted, and maybe one thing that you've left there? Uh, 
I've left a, I left a lot of lot of long nights out here. That uh, <laughs> a couple, couple stories definitely don't need to be coming home with me. But sure, uh, no, I mean this grass is something, and and I've been able to travel around in Austria pretty well, and uh, playing playing a lot of away games and stuff. And uh, one of the most special things is uh, the people out here are so inviting, especially being being an American out here mm-hmm. and knowing nobody, and I don't even speak a, a lick of German, so <laughs> being able to have have a little bit of a language barrier, but. Um, no, the, these people have been uh, so welcoming. It's something that they're used to having imports coming out every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's something that they, they take in so well. They, they do so much for us. Whatever we need at the drop of a hat all the way down from our GM throughout the, the coaching staff. And all uh, the uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great place. There's some more that. <laughs> no, Graz, Austria is not the first place that you think if you're going to go uh, look for somewhere to coach overseas. And it was a cool opportunity when it, when it first came up. But uh, definitely being able to, to take some of these uh, some of these fun times, fun stories back home. That uh, if we get a chance, we'll, we'll be able to share a couple over a beer sometime. But uh, not on the air. That those will be all correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, Roberto, we are pulling for you. Stay healthy. Keep them winning out there and uh, go Giants. We where, where can the people time. check out the game this weekend, Rob? Can we get a t- uh, time on the, the website? Yeah, so so the game's going to be uh, this Sunday. It's going to be uh, we're playing up in Vienna, bright and early, 8 a.m. Chicago kickoff. So nice. start your Sunday with some with some and some coffee and, and some uh, 6 a.m. Pacific Rob, for all Rob, of our Sacramento yeah. listeners. You, you send us the Pacific. link. You, you send us the link. We'll make sure to get that out there on our Twitter, and uh, we'll get as many Americans over here tuning in. But thank you for the time. There he is, awesome. folks, Sounds the big good, schnitzel, the big schnitzel, Rob Gallick, leading the Grotch Giants into the equivalent of the conference championship. Good luck to the Giants and to Rob as well. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. So there you have it, folks, getting ready for a big matchup. Rob Gallick seemed to be in good spirits. Uh, as we were trying to get him on the phone there, he's talking special teams. He's lending a... Seems like he's lending a helping hand to everything there uh, with the, with the Giants right now. Man, mm-hmm. he's he, he's Mister. He's quite literally Mister. Do it all. He, he's playing quarterback. He's offensive game plan. He's talking special teams. He's probably he's probably coaching defense out there too. If I all know. all of that, all of the success he's having out there, and you had to take a shot at his playoff record. Right. It wouldn't be an interview with Rob if I didn't. <laughs> okay. It's just what I do. When he, I don't know if you remember this. You probably don't because I'm sure you stopped tuning in. He was my, my second co-host or my, my second uh, basketball announced team partner uh, when, when you yes. graduated from Wesleyan. And I yeah. made sure to take a couple shots Viewership. on the broadcast there. Viewership it's just what I do. Terrible dive. They Viewership did. Viewership took it a terrible – numbers – Numbers were not good. You know, no one could ever keep up with the uh, with the the, the, the the pleated pants comment. The, uh, yeah, the, yeah, he stepped into that one like a like a pair of like freshly pair pleated of, pants. Uh, uh, no, it was tailored. Finally tailored, tailored sorry. pants. I, okay, whatever. Pants. Okay, so it's, and that's no one could ever live up to that one. That's when the masses knew that that something serious it'll was ne- coming out of it. It'll never. It's, well, that's also when they knew it would never get better. That was you know that was peak <laughs> Illinois Wesleyan internet radio basketball. It really was. Well, uh, thank you again to Rob Gallick. Best of luck and uh, stay healthy out there, kid. We will talk. That or my halftime interview with Norm here on the uh, Moose and Rins podcast. Matt, why don't we dive into the mailbag before I lose my mind? Let's do it. It's uh, I got some Fourth of July, you know, summery themed ones here. We got a couple. Okay, lovely. First one, a lot of traveling going on Fourth of mm-hmm. July, Joe. You know this. Always. People, people go. You got to time out your Coming, exit so you don't get caught in traffic. You live in California. Your life is basically traffic. Um, would you rather sit in traffic, bumper-to-bumper traffic, and take two hours to get to your destination? Or would you rather be the guy who finds the alternate route, takes you an extra hour, so you're on the road three hours, but you're moving the entire time, you're flying, you're going? Leave me in bumper-to-bumper. It's all oh, about get ETA. Out get out of it's here. It's all about ETA. If you're going to get me there in two hours, bumper-to-bumper, or three hours wasting gas going out of the way, I... Get, I, I get don't know. Me, I don't know me, why this is even a conversation. Get me on the side route. Get me moving. I swear to God, if I sit in bumper to bumper traffic for two hours, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna flip out. I'm not gonna kill anybody. That's that's an exaggeration. Throw on but some I, good music. It's, throw no, on a I'm going. I'm th- I, throw on the Moose and Runes podcast. Sure, but if you go three hours out of your way, you can probably get two episodes. And you go two hours, you can only get like one and a half. So engage, engage in some I just got a conversation with your with your co-captain. Yeah, you know, if I'm in there for the three hours, that's an extra hour of conversation with my co-captain, yeah. Joe. I well, just went out of my way to create road. more conversation. You be locked into the road. No, and, and bumper uh, to bumper, you got to be locked in so you don't get into an accident. No, uh, you're you're you're, you're, you're all off here. 
you're all up here. So you're I'm up. getting to the party. I'm getting to the party at 4 p.m. You're getting to the party at 5. Yeah, fashionably what, late. Imagine, now, imagine what I can accomplish in that hour. Fashionably you're already late, playing Joe. from behind. You're no, but that's great. You come you come a little bit later. You're the life of the party. Everybody's already there. Hey, he's here. Let's go talk to that guy. You're more popular. And you, I feel you get like, to play a little catch-up, Joe. I feel like there's like a really applicable um, like Sun Tzu quote here about like waiting but getting there quicker. But uh, that, I'm, not uh, gonna, I'm not even going to fish for one. I don't know who that is. Uh, Sun Tzu was Art of War, I believe, or not? Um, yeah, Art of War. I don't right? read. I think it was. Um, hold on, let me let me go over to the the bookcase right here. You have Sun Tzu, yeah. I'm not the a Art book, of War. I'm not a book guy. Yeah, well, I have a lovely uh, lovely bookcase here. Um, How many of them have you read? It was uh, all of them. Oh, I, I you don't doubt you don't that. get put you don't get put into the bookcase without getting read. That's not true. You go, you, you buy, you buy, you, you buy whatever books you have on sale, you throw them in a bookshelf and then people think you read them. No, that's that's we're looking the at, right there. We're looking at Phil Jackson's biography, uh, Phil Knight's biography. I've couple, read the Phil uh, Jackson one. That was pretty good. The One Thing. I recommend The One Thing uh, by Brian Grazer. That's a good one. For talking no. book, book recommendations, Mike uh, Leach's yeah, biography. Curious, Mike Swing Leech's your sword, bag. Mike Leach. It's all, Mike s- Leach's. No, it's fantastic. I'm probably going to steer clear of that. If one you don't like bit. Mike Leach, then you're crazy. We got uh, we got a lot of Malcolm Gladwell here on, on the bookcase, uh, but uh, a you might as well mind, be Brian speaking Grazer. a foreign language to me. It's a it's a good read. It's a good read, Matt. Why don't we uh, get another enough, mailbag question? Enough here. about books. <laughs> that was book talk. Sir, Moose and Ruth book club soon come. <sighs> I mean, wait on it. I am not going to read those books. <laughs> But I tend to I'll read the, I'll read the Spark Notes and the jacket uh, and I will. We know no one's better at that. I'll, oh, no <laughs> that's how I got through college. It's <laughs> uh, a Wesleyan man. Yeah, exactly. I graduated just fine. Uh, <laughs> just fine. Oh, okay, let me gather myself here. Um, Joe, how, how was the weather in California? A little hot this week. Um, it was hot this all? week. Yesterday, yesterday it actually cooled off a little bit for the holiday. It was okay. uh, back down into the mid eighties, but uh, we've had we've had mid nineties. We hit triple digits last week. I was okay. out on there. I was out there on the golf course. A dry heat, though. A okay. very nice, See, we, manageable dry. Heat. We we also had that heat a little bit. wasn't wasn't too humid out here, but we had a nice little heat wave last year. So my question to you is: outside of just going home and sitting in air conditioning, mm-hmm. what, what's what's your go to way to cool down in the summer? You go into a pool. You go into yeah. maybe you, you go into a nice uh, you know quiet bar. How, how, what are we doing here? No, get me get me poolside. Get me get me. I need a shade and a sun option. We had a great yeah. setup yesterday by the pool. We had a nice table in the shade. Is this the, is this the, the complex pool? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was popping yesterday. They brought in a DJ. You know, it was oh, it was no, that's very thing. California. Big thing. Big a lot thing. of young, um, younger people in your complex, Joe. I'd say average age around me, a little older than me. Okay. I'd say I'm on the younger side, but um, uh, not not many over 35, but okay. not many under 24. I'd, I'd say that's kind of the sweet spot. It's but, good range. Uh, yeah, no, get me get me by the pool. Get me a cold drink in my hand. Um, just when the, when the heat wave hits, I still want to be active. I still want to have fun. You know, there are certain days where you can't leave the house. You just got to stay in the AC. But love uh, those days. no, I like to like to like to do what we can. You know what I do love, and you do have to kind of go through the heat to get there. But I remember just the pure ecstasy of Six Flags Great America on a hot day going into that mist room that they had. It was in the Southwest Territory, very close to Raging Bull. I'm speaking to all of the, you know, the Chicagoland Listeners. roller coaster what riders. A roller coaster they, fans. Yeah, the roller coaster fans. Southwest Territory, they had a mist room that you could just walk through, and there was no better relief on a hot day than walking through the mist. And it wasn't even a room, it was outdoors still, but it was a full mist situation that, uh, that, really, that really cooled you off. I like the pool option there, where you can kind of also jump in if it, if it gets a little bit hot. But I'm gonna go oh, with. Oh yeah, I was in I, and out all day yesterday. I like the outdoor, but like kind of shaded bar patio. So you see, so you okay. find one of those, you can hang out under an umbrella. You can kind of cool off that way while still being under the sun. And then you also have that option where if you want to walk in for a second, you can walk into that bar. You can cool down for a couple seconds, come back out, use the restroom, whatever you got to do. I think that gives you kind of a nice dynamic two options there where if things get heat up, hey, we can move inside for a little bit. But you get that shaded area. You're kind of sitting, you're relaxed. And similar 
uh, vibe to the pool, but just a little bit more, I think, laid back and relaxed. Yeah, but but you put me you put me outside, and then I go inside to cool off. You're still sticky. You still want to jump in. You know, you still got to have that pool option. I, I that's 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 very fair. I just did that. <laughs> telling you what, I, I like having that indoor outdoor AC option because in the summer there's literally no better feeling than stepping into the AC for the first time after being out in the sun for a couple hours. And, and Matt, we know from experience that few know leisure like Matt Rooney. I'm an expert. Few know leisure better. Matt, uh, you got any other any others in the mailbag for us before we say I goodbye do, here? I, I got one more. I got one more okay. for you here. This one, I, this one's kind of near and dear to my heart. I think. Did, did, did you tune into the hot dog eating contest yesterday? Um, I saw the the results. Saw the highlights. I did, yeah, I did <laughs> not. Uh, I did not. Uh, I cracked myself, myself up. To that. To that sort of gluttony. Okay, now I, I, I doubt either of us could uh, could set the world record. I think it was seventy four hot dogs in ten minutes. Yeah, uh, I don't think we can come close. But it, w- what did g- give me at the age? <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> give it. Give me. Give me one food. Give me one food option here that we, that you think they not a professional eating contest, but you enter an eating contest at a bar or you know a, a party, whatever that you think you you got a good chance of bringing it home. Street tacos, little tacos. I was gonna guess like keep pasta it simple. A little bit of steak, a little something. bit of onion, a little bit of cilantro, maybe a hit of salsa verde. I'll put them away until, until you got to go soft shell there, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, I think the like hard shells a little bit. You can't eat all that fast. Yeah, the hard okay. shell will turn on you. You'll catch one. It'll go down the go down the pipe sideways, and then you got trouble. You know, mm-hmm. I you got trouble. I think. I, I think my two options here it would either be ice cream. I can eat a lot of ice cream, and I can do it quickly. Or I, I, th- I think ribs. I think ribs for me would be pretty easy. I, I can eat a bunch of those, and they kind of if you get some that just kind of fall off the bone, you kind of just pick it up, one bite, it's gone, you throw it back down. Matt, you would have been really proud of uh, of my Fourth of July menu yesterday that we dealt with. Oh, it's, please tell! I had to work, a, so I didn't have a Fourth of July menu. Please tell. It was me a hot this. dog, hot dog cheeseburger situation for lunch. I stuck with the hot dog or with a cheeseburger. Pardon me. Um, so went went double cheeseburger for lunch. Snacked a little bit throughout the day for dinner. Ribs and fried chicken. Oh god! Just just went as about as Americana as can you I can. Can I ask what you're snacking during the day consists of at a, at a party? Um, like there was some that, chips and like salsa. Uh, we came back to the apartment. I made us a little a little queso, little queso fino, little. Uh, uh, it, it got it got a little off the American rails when it came to the snacks. That's okay. I but, think that's but okay. We got back to it. We got back to it with the with the, with dinner with the final entree. So yeah, America is uh, a melting pot, so you have to include you know, exactly other, exactly. Other, uh, so we brought we brought everybody into the mix here. Had about uh, seventeen Bud Lights throughout the day, which was feeling pretty good. Um, so it was it was a fantastic Fourth of July. I hope it was to uh, all of our Moose and Runes listeners as well. We we appreciate you guys tuning in and. Uh, Without uh, without any further ado, Matthew, say goodbye to the people. I'll shut us down. All right. Uh, I, I think that's yeah. I, I got nothing else. Uh, my snacking, unfortunately, <laughs> I think it, th- throughout the day there, Joe would have just consisted of eating leftover cheeseburgers and hot dogs. So nice. I probably would have ate a little bit more than I would have liked to. But that that's usually my snacking when it comes to you know being at a barbecue like that. Yeah, get it in. Get that's it how in. you get to be an offensive lineman, kids. <laughs> Hit the music. Shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut it down. Shut it down! Houston, we have shut down. I've seen enough. Shut it down. All right, Moose and Runes listeners, I know we just touched on it a little bit, but I want to leave you here on a patriotic note. Hope everyone had a fantastic 4th of July yesterday, celebrated uh, uh, our country in in the proper manner, and uh, we're surrounded by loved ones because that's what the holidays are all about. uh, Hope everyone had a great 4th, and... Even as a country, when we're not at our best, we are still the best, but we can always be better. So I leave you with that, Moose and Runes listeners. And uh, uh, for Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musso. Just a quick programming note here, Matthew, if you want to get the people in. Yeah, you know, we uh, ne- next couple weeks, keep an eye out on the Twitter. We're kind of going to be uh, all, all over the place here with when we're recording. Um, next week, I think we're both traveling on Tuesday. Is that right? Yes, uh, yeah, I know uh, for sure I am, so it will not be Tuesday, maybe Monday we might be able to get something in. Not sure. Keep so, it out on Twitter, we'll figure that out. I know Joe's so this coming is, home. This right? is how things work out. I come home for the first time in six months and Matt runs for the hills. So that's well, yeah, kind hey, of where, hey, hey, where I'm our not, podcast I'm not running I'm not running for the hills here. I, I'm caddying in a golf tournament here. 
Joe. I, I'm throwing the funny, bag over the shoulders. Funny how that worked out. Throwing the bag. I didn't. I didn't book the golf tournament. You think I? I to you do, think I? Put, I wanted to do a live Moose and Runes on course podcast where we come down. Come down the entire four hours. Come down to Naples, like, Florida. I don't feel like that would be good for Mike's game. There, we're not playing honestly this is a leisurely round. Mike, Mike, Mike would probably like the exposure. He'd probably think, "Oh, this is a pretty big deal." Like, so now I got people here podcasting. I'd probably think he's on TV, even though he's not. But we got a, we got a big uh, U.S. amateur qualifier. I think Mike's got to finish in the top five, top five or top three. Not sure, but if we do that, we're off to Pebble Beach, Joe. We're off to your territory for the U.S. amateur. And, and so we'll I'll, see what happens uh, down there. I'll be there. That I'll one we there. can do the live podcast for. How about that? Uh, we'll, we'll have to shoot a couple features out there. Yeah, you, you got <laughs> it, you, the, 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 It's a great story. We got a kid coming out all the way from Chicago. You, you can you can spin it. You're a great journalist like that. Got to do it. And then the, the it. week after is when I'm uh, going on the big excursion overseas to, to visit our European correspondent, uh, the Big Schnitzel, as we refer to the him here, big Rob Gallagher. So we're going to have to figure t-shirts. that one out. I think that Print would be, you t-shirts. know what, we already got our uh, our Team White Walker shirt with the with the Night King with the Trubisky jersey yep. on. Our second t-shirt, the Big Schnitzel. You can they find like, those at uh, shopify.mooseandruins. That's coming to you circa 2023. Yeah, TBD. We'll just, <laughs> just throw a TBD on that. You don't have to live up to the actual thing. Matt, say goodbye to the people. <laughs> That's all I got, guys. Goodbye. (laughs) May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.